Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 251 of Swish and Flick. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And this episode is sponsored by Janelle. Janelle, we wow, love thanks, you. thanks, Janelle. Thank you. Shout out to your kitties. And your cute and your child. Kid. Your cute new child. Uh, so today we are joined by a very special guest host, Lori Beckoff from MuggleNet and the podcast Potterversity. Hello, Lori. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. We're stoked that you're here because, well, we'll get to it, but I'm excited to talk about what we're talking about today. Um, so we're going to be discussing the new book from MuggleNet, the unofficial Harry Potter Hogwarts Handbook. This book is honestly jam-packed with every single tiny magical detail that you can think of about Hogwarts. Um, so we're so excited to have you on, Lori, who is one of the authors. Um, before we begin, let's go to Meg for the Weekly Profit. So I tried to think of something that wasn't just news about Swish, but alas, here we are. I wanted to announce and remind people, because I know that we've announced it before, but Katie and I are definitely attending LeakyCon, which is July 29th through the 31st in Orlando. Um, And we're going to be holding a meetup, definitely one, maybe two. I was thinking we might do one like at Universal for the people who have tickets that weekend. I thought that could be kind of fun, but we're definitely going to do one on Saturday morning somewhere at the convention center. We will post details on our Instagram, um, but I'm thinking Saturday morning, kind of like as we're all on our way to LeakyCon for the day of Saturday, we'll do a little meetup beforehand. Um, need some coffee somewhere. Yeah, that'll be on July 30th. I don't actually like know that area really well, which is why I'm just kind of going with like, we'll meet up in the convention center somewhere. Um, so yeah, and then I'm thinking sometime that weekend, we'll also schedule a time to do a meetup at, um, at Universal for anybody who is going to be in, in the parks. Maybe we can get butterbeers together or something that could be fun. Butterbeer cheer. Yeah. So look out for details for that on our Instagram. Um, I'll try to post it everywhere, like Instagram, Facebook, discord, Patreon, all that good stuff. Um, so that you guys can get a chance to hang out with me and Kate for a little bit in Orlando. And, um, also, don't forget that all four of us are going to be at Wizardly World of Kent the weekend before that. And if anybody is coming, we are going to have a whole area to ourselves. I'm seriously so excited. We get the entire Dan Smith Park, like Swish and Flick gets the entire Dan Smith Park in downtown Kent. Did they know what they were doing out. when they gave us this large plot of land? I literally, I don't think so. <laughs> so we, we're going to have the whole park. We're going to... Um, we're going to have a booth. So like while we're not doing our costume contest and our live podcast, we're just going to be hanging out at the booth to like talk to you guys. We're going to have some merch. We just ordered some special new purple shirts with our logo on them that I'm super excited to get. I need a new one. My last one is a hole in it. And I like this purple better. It's like a darker purple. Mm -hmm. So it's like more actual swish purple. So the dates for wizardly world of Kent again are July 22nd and 23rd. The 23rd is like the all day event where we're going to be at Dan Smith Park. And then the 22nd, Katie will be doing the Catch Me If You Can 5K, 5.34K. And me, Katie, and Sarah 
will be attending the Wobbly Wizard Bar Crawl in downtown Kent. So if you guys are doing either of those, be on the lookout for us. I'm totally going to be cheering Katie on for the 5K. Um, oh, thanks. I just, uh, you know, I just wasn't feeling running, but I'm glad that Katie <laughs> likes it. It's all part of her training plan. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is going to be the weekly profit this week. I'm excited for both of those events and they are very close together and it's going to be a lot, but it's going to be great. So, yeah. So if we're slightly delirious and weirder than normal, that's why. Yeah. Cause we've traveled all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure that you follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends, because if you like us, then maybe they will too. And that would be cool because we like more friends <laughs> subscribe to our channel on YouTube at swish and flick podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at swish flick cast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives you access to our exclusive Felix Files episodes, our Discord channel, live recordings, trivia games, Swish swag boxes, and more. Thank you all so much for your support. We are always accepting Potter stories, so if you'd like to send those to us along with any fun things, questions, or concerns, you can do so to our email, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. Good job. Do you want me to do the little guest intro? Sure. Okay. So as we like to do, anytime we have somebody new on the pod, we like to get to know you in terms of Harry Potter. I mean, and yourself all also, but. No, just Potter. <laughs> so. The only significant part. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like what is your, we like to call it your Potter profile. So like your house, your wand, if you know it, your Patronus. Okay, my house is Gryffindor. I'm technically a Gryffindor Ravenclaw hat stall. Nice. Gryffindor. Um, my okay, wand, McGonagall. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Taken after the best. Um, my wand, oh God, it's been a while, but on Pottermore, it was black walnut, unicorn Ooh. hair, um, 10 and three quarter inches. If I remember correctly, I think I have the same core as Ron and the same length as Hermione. Oh. I found interesting and it was unyielding which kind of freaked me out because that's like Bellatrix's strength yeah, that is like Bellatrix um hmm. uh, my Patronus on Pottermore I never thought this was really good for me it was a brown hair which just feels way too subdued for me I've always thought I would be some type of like wild dog like a coyote or a hyena maybe I like that I mean I didn't really like mine either so I just kind of picked my own I I was given it's so funny I was seriously just like so in denial the first time I took it I got a white stallion I took it again because I just like I'm just not I don't like horses they like freak me out they're too large they're they scare me a little bit so I got a white stallion then I got a black stallion I got a chestnut mare um, we're only a horse yes like literally they it just gave me three different horses and it kept like circulating between those three <sighs> I've like sort of accepted it now but I like to think that maybe mine is like more of like a fox I'm a Slytherin and I feel like foxes like fit mm. yeah Slytherin a little bit you're a horse Meg get over it I know so then I was like <laughs> okay well I don't really like the white stallion so if I'm gonna be a horse I'm gonna go with chestnut mare because that sounds the coolest I guess it does I, w- I would have said that one too yeah so I was like okay if I'm gonna be a horse I'll accept chestnut mare but that's it <laughs> embrace your equine side <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay so what is your favorite Potter book and your favorite Potter movie are they the same or are they different they are different 
my favorite book is Order of the Phoenix. Nice. Uh, I love the darkness. I love the angst. I love hating umbrage. I love the government corruption. I love how long it is and just how much world building is in that book. And every time I'm mm-hmm. in it, that's the one that has me the most feeling like I'm just in a year at Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, it can't really be my favorite movie because so much of it is left out. So my favorite movie, which apparently like a lot of people disagree with this and it always seems to come up last on lists of like how to rank the Harry Potter movies, uh, Chamber of Secrets. Oh, interesting. Because it's still like, it's one of the longest movies for one of the shortest books. So Mm -hmm. it packs in almost everything. There's very little left out. Yeah. It is still like happy. So I'm not crying at the end every time I watch. I mean, I am, but that's just because like, I have a very low emotional tolerance for anything (laughs) Harry Potter. But like compared to ones that have deaths at the end, I'm like relatively in a good mood after Chamber of Secrets. And it has Lockhart and Dobby and Fox and John Williams music. And it's just, I I always feel good after Chamber of Secrets. I love the mystery. I mean, I hate spiders, but like I love Ron facing his fears. So Chamber of Secrets for me. I like that. Yeah, I've never heard it quite described that way. And now I have a new appreciation for it. Yeah, I do think that I- Yeah, I feel like I do usually rank it last, but I don't really know why. Like I think- no, I four. do love Chris Columbus though. Like I just four is last. For me. Oh, four is last. You're right. Yeah, four is last. Yeah, but rereading, doing our reread, like as a podcast, four has like jumped ahead as one of my favorite books. I don't know why. I just did not appreciate that book reading it as a kid, but like now I'm like, that's a good book. Well, that was me with Order of the Phoenix the first time when Order of the Phoenix first came out. That was the first one I got. Um, like the day it came out, I didn't go to a midnight party, but I, I did get it that day. Yeah. And I was, how old am I? I was nine and it took me like a month to get through. And I was like, Harry's so angry, <laughs> right. dark, I'm just so mean. And then I reread it when I was 15 and I was like, this is perfect. Harry really gets <laughs> me. And then I reread it as an yeah. adult and I was like, this is so complex and Harry's facing so much trauma and, you know, adults have to understand what youth are going through and give them important information. So it's just like, I've come to love it more and more. But Goblet of Fire, I think last time I did a reread did come out as a, as a very close second. And I was like, Oh, I hadn't quite. And that, that might be the one I reread the most because in that 2000 to 2003 period, I just like kept reading that one again and again. Right. (laughs) Um, who is your favorite Potter character? Ronald, Billius, Weasley. I will <laughs> not hear Ron hate. I like truly it's kind of like both Ron and Hermione, but I've like come to say it's Ron because Ron needs me and Hermione doesn't. Hermione already gets all the love. Ron True. gets too much hate. He is loyal. He is the most relatable and complex arc. Ron all day, every day. Also, I have red hair. So I am biased toward Weasley's. It's it's Ron and I will not hear him disparaged because everything that he does wrong is part of his growth and redemption. I, yeah, I like that. I do love Ron. And, and I think that what makes, I mean, and this is true with a lot of her characters is that like a lot of them just are real. Like none of the characters in this book are perfect. So like, it would be unfair to expect different from him, you know? Yeah, I think people just hate on him for like, oh, he's a bad friend. It's like, and you know what? Sometimes your friends are jealous and bitter and mean and then you make up and they're they're around when you need them. And like, he's done a lot of really brave stuff. Okay. He did. He did. I love Ron. I am a Ron Hermione stan. Oh my gosh. Like I I am too. Ever since probably, ever since I like really started 
getting into the whole like theorizing. So like, I guess after Goblet going into order, I was just like, yes, Ron and Hermione are end game. And I read Deathly Hollows so fast when it came out, I missed their kiss. <gasps> I missed it the first time I read it. I like finished what it and then mean? I was talking with Sarah. Like um, skimmed over it? I don't know. I must have just- There was like a like, whole scene there. Like, it was, it was like, <laughs> I know. And then Sarah was like, so what did you think about the kiss? And I was like, what? what? And she's like, Ron and Hermione. And I'm like, what page? <laughs> this <kiss laughs> for a while too. Like how I used to break it up. You just like skip the entire page. You know, maybe I was the pages just like, stuck together. <laughs> I don't lying. know. I was serious. I was just like, I need to finish this. I need to take it all in. And then obviously, I did not take it all in. So, well, I remember I kept stopping because I was like, I don't want to finish. I don't want to finish. I don't want to finish. No, I, I can't. I can't finish. <laughs> right. Oh man, what a day that was reading that book. Um, I'm, I'm here for the Ron passion though. I, that was amazing. You came, you were like ready for that question. Yeah. Wait, I just realized, was that 15, what year is it? Was that 15 years ago mm. this year? Let's not talk about it. 15 years <laughs> ago in like 20, no, what day is it? 19 days. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> 19 <Yikes>. days later. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, the last question for your for your intro is how did you get into Potter? Like what is your Potter story? I think it's a fairly typical one for someone my age, which is my mom brought it home and started reading it out loud to me. It was the year 2000. I was six years old. My mom was in a book club with some other moms, uh, like moms of my friends. And one of like the older siblings had been reading it. She brought it to the book club. My mom started reading it out loud to me and- then it just became, I started reading them myself and it became a long, long relationship with them, which I should also say that uh, unrelated to the book that we're talking about, though maybe slightly related, I also did my undergrad uh, thesis and my master's dissertation on medievalism in Harry Potter. Oh, so nice. I have made it from the early days of analyzing into Potter scholarship. That's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> I love this. So I love much. that. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Are you ready? Now that we know you better. Yeah, sure, right. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about this book. book. All right. Uh, super sort of broad, but maybe simple starter question. How did this book slash guide? It is, I would call it a guide. Handbook. Yeah. A handbook. handbook on the cover. Um, how did it come about? So MuggleNet has um, a publishing partner, Topics Media Lab, and we have uh, an unofficial reference series with them. So it started with a spell book, then a character compendium, a bestiary, and this is our fourth installment. So the way that uh, our process generally works with this partnership is that we as a site or as individuals, staff members on the site, pitch ideas to them, um, to our publishers for different types of books we could do and I think this one came up pretty early as like we should just do a book that's like effectively Hogwarts a history because like that's probably the book most people in the Wizarding World like most of us readers would want to read that Wizarding World book Um, Mm -hmm. so that would be a fun thing to do so you know our publishers like that idea Uh, and then the process for writing is that um, staff members can basically apply with uh, an anonymous submission writing sort of what one entry in the book might look like. So I think we did the sorting hat and house elves maybe. So we write, you know, a few hundred words on each of those anonymously. The publisher, the publisher looks at them, decides who kind of fits best with the style they're going for, picks those people. There are five of us. Um, And then we all as a site also came up with what 
topics we would have in here, what are essential things about Hogwarts we would have to cover, about how long might each section be, you know, will we need 10 pages to talk about the Marauders, not maybe not 10 pages for that. Um, you, you know, need 40. You know, how many pages to talk about the library and maybe just one quick page to talk about, um, you know, a certain classroom. Um, so things like that. So we had a very uh, collaborative process for getting that together. And then the writers were each assigned uh, different sections we would be working on, um, which is interesting because we didn't get to pick to say, oh, I really want to do that or please don't give me that. And I think yeah. I personally feel that I lucked out in that I think some of my colleagues were given some really difficult sections to put together. I, <laughs> I have a really bad sense of direction. So anything that's me to do too. with like the castle layout, I was very happy. I did not get assigned. Oh my God. I like, sometimes I think I just fudge stuff in any kind of book, Potter or any other ones. Cause like, sometimes I'm like, wait, where am I? And I'm like, you know what? I'm too far in. I can't change it now. <laughs> like, I don't know where I am, but I'm just going to keep reading. <laughs> and like, as I guess we'll discuss a little more, half the time the books don't know where they are in Hogwarts anyway. Right. So right. It's kind of like, it makes it even worse. It's like, is it yeah. me or is it, was this not here before? Right. Right. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. That would give me so much anxiety. Like say you got something that you just totally couldn't stand, but I kind of talk about this with being a designer. Like sometimes you have to find the joy in any part that you're working on, even if it doesn't personally bring you joy. So hopefully they, uh, they were able to get through it. <laughs> I, I think everyone did some fun. I mean, like there was a section on corridors. So some of our writers, I just want to give a shout out to like Lucy, Jennifer, uh, Lucy, Jennifer, Marissa, Sophia are the other mm-hmm. four writers. Um, they like did things like corridors of like every single thing that has happened in a corridor in Hogwarts and which corridor, like the corridor outside, like the charms classroom, the first floor corridor, the third floor corridor. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I am so happy. That's not my section. I was like fact checking and proofreading each other. I was just kind of like, I'm going to trust that they figured that out because I really don't know how to fact check them on that particular hallway. That's amazing. And that's what's so cool about this book, because like I said, it's got every minute detail, <laughs> which is so awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot about Hogwarts. And I, it's just like so baked into the story a lot that like, this is what I think was probably different from, this is the first one of the series I've written for, but we do have um, Sophia, one of our writers, she has written for the other ones. Those are a little more encyclopedic in format in that it's like, you know, an alphabetical list of the different magical creatures or spells like split up, you know, thematically in some way, but generally it's an alphabetical list and you can, you know, in an ebook search every mention of that spell right. or that creature. And in this, it was kind of like, I think I just need to reread the entire series and pay attention because you can't necessarily, you know, search, like, even if you search the word, sometimes it's not necessarily going to have every time that thing is you know, walked through. Yeah. Was there, was there like a lot of, I'm going to go through and like tab or highlight based on like what the section is that I'm working on or something like that? Yeah. So I had ones that, um, I, I think like for me, the hardest one to do was coursework because I just went through eBooks of every single book and searched any word that could be related to coursework. So I searched like the name of each class but then also the name of each classroom. So like hot, I tried like herbology, but also greenhouses or like potions and also dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, each professor, as well as words like essay or homework 
to nice. just try to find like any single thing they might have done that is related to what or class the word class like because it wouldn't necessarily just come out naturally but then I also found I was doing a reread just for fun um last year after we'd like done the initial writing but not yet the editing and I found myself coming up with a list of like oh I did not catch that one day they're like pruning flutterby bushes that must oh, be nice. and like herbology is not mentioned and like it's not mentioned the greenhouses so I didn't find it but now I know I have to add that in because <laughs> they happen to be over a plant we must know they're in herbology class yeah this kind of goes along with the next question but like I want to expand upon it so it says what did the process look like for gathering all this information into one place so like you know you just said you did rereads but like were there other sources that you used besides the books like did you guys go to like pot like old Pottermore articles or something or um, like what other places did you gather information from I think for a lot of us, the number one stop was the Harry Potter lexicon. It has done mm-hmm. such a great job of compiling so much information, including, you know, things that are not necessarily consistent in canon. They have mm-hmm. essays on there where people have tried to work out stuff that's always been confusing. So it's a really, really great resource to start with um, that I think uh, for me, at least I would often like start there. That would point me to the book and then I'd go back where it pointed it out, like what chapter it was in and then read that more to to get a little more detail on it. Um, it's a must use. We did use, I hate to say the Harry Potter wiki, which is not a good source. I would not use it for research just because like, if they have the sources and they seem valid, then yes. It's the same way that like you wouldn't use Wikipedia or like to cite your research, but you can start at Wikipedia, see what their sources are and go from there. Right. Sometimes it's useful just to get the mention and then go check it for yourself. Mm -hmm. But, um, the annoying thing about the wiki is that they treat Hogwarts mystery as canon. I know. And films and books. They could have two lines that literally contradict each other right next to each other. And they don't say in context, like in the film, but in the book, but in the video game, Mm -hmm. it'll just say it. And then if you click the source, it says, oh, that's only in the video game. Yeah. So, and some of those things though, get like reposted online as being what happened. So if you're trying to like, you know, double check it somewhere, people are mentioning that so that's quite frustrating Um, yeah we did we use the wiki a lot in the pod but like I always try to make sure I know where it's coming from and like there have been times where we'll like put a link in our notes or something to talk about and we'll go to it and I'll start reading the section that I thought was good and then I'm like is this from Hogwarts mystery it's like one thing is said and then you're like sibling I'm like, oh, ah. this is from freaking Hogwarts. How can you treat that as equally canonical? <laughs> <laughs> like, alongside it, like it doesn't even say it. Of, like, I'm not saying you, you can't include it, but it needs to be a separate section. That's like Hogwarts yes, mystery. Hogwarts mystery. Yeah. I would agree with that. Like, I yeah. don't think it needs to be erased or anything, but like, it, it just needs to be separate. Right. Like, it's <laughs> fair to like know the information if you want to, but like, you're putting it in this article as if it's like fact and like things that happened within the Potterverse I don't know man I don't know yeah <laughs> and equal too oh but I mean don't get me started on Pottermore either so we did use Pottermore but you know Pottermore has changed and there are things it that has. are not necessarily on there anymore so we had to use the archive a little bit yeah um, there we had some very vehement discussions about um things that we think were on old Pottermore or were changed or were then only in like the ebook version so like there's mm-hmm. different information in about like the mirror of Erised and one of those like Hogwarts ebooks that was published separately that says that like the mirror of Erised um went back to the room of requirement and then was like destroyed along with the like the hidden version of the the room of hidden things 
right mm. then the, yeah like but it's only like that one book it's not on like the page from Mary said on Pottermore then there's the whole what year is McGonagall born so oh, our sources oh, no. created this canon for this where the books interviews with the author that we usually said like this was in an interview with the author or like something that we, or in a tweet or something that like it's like secondary canon mm. and we used Pottermore we did not use films for this except Fantastic Beasts because those are like their own only films. like that that like they're yeah. not adaptations those are the actual story for that but yeah. like so so discovering what what is canon what is not canon what do we personally think is canon um, it's a conversation <laughs> it's tough everybody has their own opinions on it mm-hmm. yeah it's very frustrating yeah. with Pottermore especially of things that like they I know, were there I'm so sad there. they're they... on one page they're not on the right. page anymore the page has definitely been changed and edited I feel like it's even harder when you're trying to put it into like a physical book because like we can discuss these things on the pod and like it's fluid and everything but this is like you're taking all this information and then making it literally a printed physical thing like that's forever now you know (laughs) I want it to be accurate I think I think McGonagall we ended up just saying you know what she was born in 1935 fight us come at me that that might be what we went with because I think we were just like we're pretty sure it was that way once and we're we're just we're just taking a stand here I like that it's valid yeah it's valid I'm checking out what we actually did say here in this handy dandy book Yep, we said 1935. <laughs> you know what? Love it. All you right, Swish Cannon too. Okay, it definitely said it at some point. No, it totally did. And then they just like deleted her information on Pottermore. They like, also the deleted things like, um, you know, they used to have like hobbies. I think they had like needlework for her or something. They had pressing wildflowers for Quirrell. That is gone now, but it was there. And that's 100 a Monty Python reference. At least I think so. <laughs> Uh, why do they do this to us if it's there just keep it there oh we wanted her to be in the movie because we thought it'd be cool so we're just gonna take that off the website and just assume no one's gonna notice who we're, we all noticed okay it, every the single problem with these things just being a website too like yeah. when it's printed in the book like sure you can do a new edition and then say okay they're like the wand or the famous wand order mistaken goblet of fire you could like admit it was mm-hmm. a mistake and reprint it differently. But here it's like, they don't even admit just something was wrong. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. This is how it always was. Right. You liar. You're liar. We're in the receipt. <laughs> Everything's permanent on the internet. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, okay. So you touched on this a little bit, but maybe there was another part. Um, so was there any part that you had a hand in uh, that was difficult to write? I know you mentioned coursework. Yeah, for me, that that was really tough because it's so infused in the whole series. Um, I think the other things that were hard were things that um, in, involved like numbers almost like, oh, we didn't realize how many times something happened mm, that we just had yeah. to go like, okay, let's find every single time someone's through here and be reading it. Oh, wait, oh, I forgot he went to the Alvary that other time. Uh, or, oh, there's another moment that's here or there. Because one of the things we did like with locations is talk about like every single thing that happened in that location. Um, so mentions of those places that wouldn't necessarily occur to you as like, oh, an important moment that happened here. Oh, but actually they have that conversation or do that thing when they're in that place. I liked um, that part of this book, the breakdown of like all the events. That was really neat. Yeah, because it's like easy which is crazy because like I mean a lot of us have read and reread and reread these things and yet and still like you forget some things that happened in certain places until it's literally laid out in front of you and you're like oh yeah it was cool to see like 
oh, well, like this is clearly maybe one of the most important locations in the book because look at all these things that happen here. Or like I liked the, um, <laughs> this is the one that sticks out to me as I was reading through the part that listed everything or listed everything that had happened to people who went to the hospital wing. And it was, was like, was it? Nice. I, liked, I liked it because it was like, you know, Hannah Abbott, one item, um, P- Percy Weasley, like one or two things happened oh, to God. him. And then it was like, Ron, Harry, Hermione, it was just like, so much happened to them. Their medical history is a mess. <laughs> right. I was like, oh man, they go to the hospital wing a lot. They have <laughs> their was, own drawer. That was one of my uh, favorite favorite facts I discovered that uh 33 different people go to the hospital wing that we know of yeah that's yeah that's and that's cool. a lot more than 33 trips because we know that Harry Ron and Hermione each go like 12 times right so right like, right oh, that's that's a lot of people that is a lot of people wing. I hope Madame Pomfrey got a raise at some point in time over the course of the seven years we know about honest to god the other thing that was hard actually more so than writing the editing I felt was actually harder so we each went and wrote our separate sections and that was you know okay there there was research to be done there but then we put it all together and we'd read through the entire thing and then it came to like oh where did you get this because I don't remember that and fact checking each other which was really helpful to work all together collaboratively and maybe someone remember something someone else didn't or when they were writing their section they came across something that contradicted something in another section but like reading through this you know pdf that's 200 something pages long bit by bit and going wait a sec did we is that is that consistent with what we have in the other thing and oh we mentioned before is that an inconsistency in the series or did we make a mistake there so the the fact checking and editing i think i remember that the the first pass we did um i left myself like it, like it was due on like a Monday and I was like oh I'll just look at it on Sunday and I was like oh <laughs> <It's me. laughs> and I thought oh I'm gonna have like two or three comments I think I had <laughs> I think I must have had like over a hundred comments and I oh was like gosh. I'm so sorry I'm so sorry but like <laughs> we said this and not this and we actually need to check that and like oh that's said in Fantastic Beasts but like it's actually said this way in the book so we maybe need to just like combine those and say both and like, yeah, then I, I think the, the day before our last, um, our last, last pass was due. I was like, guys, I, can we get on a Skype? Cause I'm like, I'm really stressed about how the Quidditch season works. And I don't know. <laughs> years. Like, do they line up? And how does this, what? <laughs> I had like a, a really like panicked explosion of messages to our group chat where I was like, can someone confirm? Do we actually know how anything works? <laughs> how how long did like the whole process take? Like while you guys were writing it? So I think we started writing last April or May. Maybe it was May. May of twenty twenty one. I think we finished writing in August. Perhaps it like took most of the summer. I think. And then, um, you know, then we pass it off to our publisher and they kind of combine it all, do all the layout, anything that needs to be connected between them. Um, sometimes, you know, they edit the style a little bit. And I, I think it might have been, it was October, I think, when we had our first editing pass because I had just come back from uh, the Harry Potter conference at Chestnut Hill College, uh, which is a great uh, academic event that's very, uh, but open to the public, very analytical. People should absolutely go. It's a great time. Um, so I was already like very, very deep in Harry Potter that weekend. And I'm like, oh God, now I have to read this entire book, which I thought would be easy. And it was not. And I think our last pass was in January, maybe. Okay. 
But each time it's like, I was like, we're definitely done now. And then we got it back and was like, nope, we missed something else here because this is not like, oh, the school governors are consulted another time, are they? Or does it technically mean like, do the school governors have to be consulted or do they just think they should consult them? Like, can the school close without the governors? <laughs> oh my like God. That. That, like the little like pedantic things that's like, no, I, we need to know for sure. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life, but when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Yeah, but that's why this book is so good, because you mold over it like that. Kudos to all of you. We did yeah. the work, so you don't have to. Right? We appreciate it. Exactly. Um, okay, so the next question is, like, how do you recommend people use this guide? Is this something that you envision people, like, reading the series, and then this is just, like, a reference point? Or, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think it's a little more narratively readable than something like um, The Best Year or The Spellbook, which you'd probably more just like go for quick reference when you want to look something up. Mm -hmm. This does have a bit of a narrative flow to it that I do think makes it um, kind of interesting to just read through, but it's great for reference too. So I'd say if you're someone like me, who's like always doing academic research on Harry Potter or like writing articles for MuggleNet, it's now my go-to like, oh, great, pick it up. Let's just check that section and it'll give me any more information about that thing or that person. Um, because it's not just about uh, the castle, I should point out. You know, it's also about the people who live in the castle, the teachers, mm -hmm. uh, the paintings, the school year and the rules and the history and all these different things about it. So um, I think it, you know, can work for you in the way you want. It might be something that you sit down and like read through the history in detail and then kind of skip around to other things that are interesting um, I think it'd be really handy if you're writing trivia or preparing for trivia. I definitely uh, cuts in here. I was yeah, thinking I of that as I was like, reading it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use this. We're actually doing a trivia in August for our patrons and it's Slytherin themed. So I was like, I'm going to use the Slytherin section. Yeah. I know something in here I found that I didn't know that I'm going to put in that trivia. Really? We I'm also have some here, uh, external stuff that is interesting. I think everyone, you know, did their due diligence and research where we have like some fun facts from, you know, inspiration or from external interviews or um, our own, you know, analyses or theories on where things came from. Like I'm a medievalist by training. I've uh, done, you know, done academic work on medievalism and Harry Potter is kind of my thing. So it, anytime you see a medieval reference in there, like it was me, it was me <laughs> going to make a medieval comment here which like one I actually want to point out because this is just kind of fun for the writing um so I said I was at Chestnut Hill last year and the paper I did for that was on games in Harry Potter and um Arthurian uh chivalric literature uh and I specifically talked a lot about chess 
And then I ended up by coincidence getting assigned the chess section of this book. And I was like, yes, I know everything about wizard chess and all the chess now because I just did a whole paper on this, uh, which is being published in Potterversity's uh, upcoming book sometimes nice Um, so uh you can read more about wizard chess uh in that upcoming book but um i have this little section if you look at the chess part i have one of those little green boxes that talks about some examples of magical chess in chivalric romance and it was just like perfect that i happened to have been doing exterior research on this that i could put into that so i hope that's like a fun fact for people about um you know some other chess uh the person who wrote the section on um the crest did some research into heraldry that I thought was really interesting and stuff I absolutely did not know. Uh, so I, I think there are some nice other bits that are, um, you know, analytical and fun. Yeah, to know. for sure. Yeah, that's what gives this book like that little extra, like, twist of character is like those moments in there as well. Like you have the facts, but then you have that so you can tell that there's like there's extra care put into it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah, I think those little green boxes also, if you're just looking to like skim through and find a fun fact, those little green boxes are really helpful for just that kind of out of context. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, those were my favorite parts. Like another one that was fun was listing out every single thing that house points were uh, awarded or docked for. (laughs) I tapped that. Yeah. 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 She's like, oh my gosh, I don't like you. Draco Malfoy. (laughs) My my favorite is um, Snape deducting points for helping Neville and then for not helping Neville. Yeah. (laughs) And then I think like the second one on the list is just cheek. (laughs) Yeah. But I think funnily enough, technically when Slughorn gives points to Harry um, for using the Bezoar, it's like for for cheek. Yes. He's like, cheek is good. Yes. Get points for cheek. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, just seeing that, like, all this it out again, you know, fans wrote this and you can tell and it just makes it even better. <laughs> totally. Um, so you did mention something funny you discovered about the hospital wing, but was there any other fun facts or just maybe in general, like, not even related to Potter that, like you said, you're researching other stuff that you discovered while you were writing your parts of the book? Um, this one was not actually my part, but it was something else that that I can't remember who did this section. But um, we had a section about rules and how much Harry breaks the rules. So one, the fact that every single rule that we know of, Harry breaks. (laughs) All of the rules, but it's like, we only find out about a rule because Harry is breaking it. So that was kind of fun to think of like, yeah, our idea of what the rules are is just, and Harry broke this one and he broke this one and he broke this one. (laughs) I think uh, I mentioned before, like, you know, it's interesting to see the numbers about 33 people went to the hospital wing. Um, what the person who did the section about rules figured out is that Harry goes out uh, in his invisibility cloak. He sneaks out 15 times uh, and he only actually gets punished once. So oh, like wow. he has a pretty good track record. He gets yeah. caught a couple times, but he doesn't actually like gets off the hook. It's only one time he actually gets punished. <laughs> <laughs> that, we call that the Potter effect here. Yeah. On Switch and Flick. <laughs> that is the Potter effect. Now, do you know the one time he gets punished? Can you think of it off the top of your head? Trivia. Oof. Isn't it with Remus? No. Nah, Remus is too nice. Oh, to well, yeah, Remus gets off the hook. Yeah, he gets yeah. off the hook. No, tell me. It's going to drive me nuts. It's uh, when he and Hermione are bringing Norbert uh, <gasps> to be freed. Oh, my God. So, oh, like, see, way back. That was way early yeah. on. He, he didn't know what he was doing and after then. That, he never actually gets punished again. <laughs> He's like, now I know. Don't leave the cloak. <laughs> Don't leave it. <laughs> yeah, really. It's a surefire way to not get caught. He was just dumb and dropped it. Right. I remember reading that, and it said, like, the cloak was up there, and I was like, no. 
like this like <laughs> sense of dread <laughs> yeah, that's right Remus does let him off he just takes the map which is unfortunate but right in the movie he's a little more spicy towards Harry gives him a little bit of a talking to but there's no punishment no no yeah. it's like I'm taking this map yeah one of my favorite things that we have gotten from Mina Lima is this print Katie actually got it it was like a limited edition print of the Marauders map and it was never shown in the movies but Mina Lima drew it and it was like the drawing of Snape and then like them insulting him like from that scene it's so cool and I don't know if anybody hasn't seen it go check out Mina Lima's website because yeah it was like Meg was like you need to hold on to this so no one else takes it there was only one left and it was like a limited edition print of like 250 or something like that I was like just walk around with this we'll think about it (laughs) oh Harry Potter New York that's where we got that one Mm -hmm. um okay now I guess this is just like any final thoughts discussions like share some of our favorite parts Katie I know that you tab well both Katie and I tab some stuff that is our favorite part and um I don't want to take anything that Katie tabs so I'm gonna let her go first oh no uh well I did I the actually the very first thing that you can read in this book I think is super important because I didn't think of it this way and I'll just paraphrase a little bit but it's basically just the introduction but it's saying like there's a whole cast of characters they all help Harry defeat Voldemort in some way but there's one constant in his life this quote silent beacon of hope camaraderie and belonging presenting itself on a near daily basis it's hogwarts you don't you don't generally think yeah like yes harry hogwarts is your home you think a lot about the characters yeah more so than the place right but like literally this is one constant yes and i just thought that was super important and a great way to start this book because obviously it's a Hogwarts handbook um but yeah those little fun facts were like some of my favorite things like there's some little links to and I don't want to ruin much of the book but there's some little links to like Ilvermorny which I know we all have different thoughts and opinions on um apparently like Hogwarts almost burned down in the Great Hall because they were putting on a play I didn't know that that's really cool like back when zip it I think that's a no, that's from uh, Tales of the Bard, actually. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was actually, I, I was going to try to see where that was from, but I like, I tabbed that because I was like, where do we learn this? I wanted to like try and look it up. Oh, I took that from you. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, And then just like, there's things in here that you, like, I didn't think about. Like, for example, you don't know that uh, Harry and Ron, before Harry and Ron had gone into the Southern Common Room no one had entered that common room who was a non-Slytherin for seven centuries. And I like that that was a callback to like the number seven, like just these fun, fun facts. I'm a fun fact fan. She so is I really appreciate that a lot. I, my big thing that I learned that I didn't know is I, I didn't know Teddy Lupin was a prefect and head boy. Yeah. Where is that from cursed child? No, I think that I want to say that's from Pottermore? see some of these it's like I don't even remember the source I swear yeah. we have them all and that one no I trust you my section but that seems like it was a Pottermore one yeah like, I love that because you know I love Teddy Lupin we got a kitty cat named Teddy Lupin happy birthday to him today we're Remus stands as well as Ron and Hermione stands so like anything related to Remus I want to know about 
Yeah. Yeah. That definitely was not mentioned in Cursed Child because Teddy is just so conveniently left out of that entire world. I'm not salty at all. <laughs> yeah. There Whatever. were a number of people. I mean, don't get me started on Cursed Child. <laughs> but there I were just a number of child because of Scorpius. Yeah. We, like, how is Neville not in Cursed Child? True. Yeah, you're right. It's like, it's seems like a really big glaring omission. He's at yeah. Hogwarts. I also just want to say that my, I love a good timeline and Swish in general loves a good timeline. So this battle of Hogwarts timeline, oh man, I cannot wait to break this out when we get to seven. It's just so helpful. Sarah has been working on an overall timeline for years, like as we're going through the books, just to try to like get a grasp of you know, it, like down to like dates and stuff like that, like birthdays of, and just like how things intertwine. So like, it's just something that, that we enjoy, we enjoy a good timeline. So I saw that and I was like, Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, Muggle did a fandom calendar this year, so, which has like Ooh. every like internal and external dates. So we've got like birthdays of the actors and like when the books and movies are released, but also like lots of different things that happened in the book. So it's really fun for me now every day to like flip my calendar and be like oh today is when they went into the forbidden forest for the first time oh that's cool that's really neat that is cool I did tab that that uh Armando Divot thing that's what I just got to yeah oh I also I I I appreciated the call out of Dumbledore seeing Grindelwald in the mirror of Erised Mm -hmm. and calling out that he loves him because you know I know Pride Month just ended, but I celebrate Pride all year long. So, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna take some credit for a, a particular editorial um, I picked, which yes. was um, I believe like as it had been written up by our publisher, like and formatted, you know, with their editing and everything, they had said they they did have that extra section that said shows love, but in the like earlier on that page where it first mentions that he saw Grindelwald, it said his best friend. Ah, and I was like. I'm gonna. This was before um, Secrets of Dumbledore came out, but I was like, I'm gonna take issue with this phrasing and say, a, I might call him like his former friend or past friend. I'm not sure that we call him like his best friend because they were like right. best friends for a single summer. Um, like, does that count as a bet? Like, McGonagall's his best friend. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> Agreed. Like, yeah. do you count? Do you count a single summer of like planning world domination as best friend? Um, and then I was just like, but also we know it's his lover, so like we could just call him his lover so yeah we called him his lover because he is his lover yes good sticking up also I'm gonna guess that this was you because it's a medieval reference <laughs> but we <laughs> liked the we liked the green man reference with Hagrid. oh yeah yes. okay, that one has a really funny story behind it actually which is um I covered the opening of um Hagrid's magical creatures motorbike adventure ride um at Orlando uh in good 2019 ride. way back mm-hmm. when um and I was like fresh off of my medieval literature masters in Edinburgh um and I had gone to a lot of uh castles when I was living in Scotland and we saw a lot of green men and we'd even like organize a conference with all the stuff about the green man so I was like very very intense about the green man and we were walking around you know the whole castle ruins leading up to the ride and I was like oh my god there are all these green man motifs oh my god oh my god just like you know Rosslyn Chapel in Scotland and I'm so excited so I got really overexcited and asked um you know the artists we were talking to there about the green man and one of them I think it was Gary Blumenthal maybe 
um, mentioned, oh, that, you know, the author had actually said that the Green Man was an inspiration for Hagrid. And I was like, how did I not know this fact? I'm very ashamed of myself. So of course I got home and had to look that up and then like wrote an entire article for MuggleNet about Hagrid being the green man. Um, that's awesome. So I was like, that's going in the book. I love that. That's so cool. So that was a fact that I like had only found out semi-recently, like spurred by my medievalist background and that trip to Orlando. And that's awesome. Put together that I was like, this, this is an important fact about I him. need to go through the line and look at those. Yeah, there's one like right as soon as you enter, like the first entrance to the castle, there's one right up at the top. Hmm. Um, but there are, there are a whole bunch of others. I think there That's are like so cool. three or four or five throughout. Yeah. But like very typical motif in uh, medieval architecture. That's I really also, cool. my like one of the last things that I tabbed in my favorite, because I this is my favorite part just about the books in general is like, them being at Hogwarts specifically and like the academics in Hogwarts and like learning all of that kind of stuff so like the calendar for Hogwarts I loved that breakdown of like basically okay this is like what a year at Hogwarts looks like um Mm -hmm. and you know starting in the fall and like the dates that we know of when things happen like when Quidditch trials start when Quidditch season begins like all of that kind of stuff I just like I loved the breakdown of the calendar and then like going through that whole like this whole section the calendar the coursework by year like I would love I would love to visually see a Hogwarts like timetable of like what do classes look like and like how are they broken down and like because I mean I'm thinking back to like when I was in high school I went my high school did times is that what it's called a timetable right yeah yeah Yeah. ours looked really weird because we had what was called like mods and they were they were like 15 minute mods so like one class was two mods with like a 10 no no no. 20 they were 20 minute mods with five minutes in between each mod so each class was two mods long so it was 45 minutes so like it was very bizarre (laughs) I know it's very weird I don't know. Yeah, I thought my high school was weird because we didn't use the word period. We called them bands. I don't know why, Hmm. but we did. Yeah, ours were called mods. Ours were called blocks. Blocks, yeah. She did block scheduling. So it was like, (laughs) she only did four classes a semester. But mine, like literally every single day, my schedule was different. So like, but like every Monday was the same. Every Tuesday was the same. Every Wednesday was the same. Every Thursday, every Friday. So like every week looked the same, but like every day was different. So like my lunch would be at a different time every single day. And like, I would Don't be off my food schedule, man. <laughs> I know. But like, I'm like some, <laughs> like some semesters, like every Tuesday morning, I, as a junior and senior, you could like come in late if you had a free mod in the morning or something like that. So like, oh, yeah, we had that senior year. My, my yeah. And like, so like, I think of how complicated mine looked and I'm like, man, I would love to see a Hogwarts timetable. Like, how did they break down the classes? What did it look like? Like, when did classes start? When did they end? When was lunchtime? Did they get free periods? What did those look like? That's the kind of stuff that I wish that we knew, which I know is just like, you know, clearly not important to the story, but like, I liked it. Yeah. It's not just about the story though. Like I, so much of what I love about Harry Potter is just like living in Hogwarts. Yes. Yes. I mean, and that's how I feel about like a lot of things in general like I'm I'm gonna you know air a hot take tv opinion um which is that like I really hate short seasons of tv that everything has now and especially when they come out in like one day yeah where it's like okay here's your 10 episodes and that's all you're getting for the next year and a half right because I really like uh, like 
I've watched a lot of Star Trek during the pandemic um, and it, both the old stuff and the new stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like the new stuff. It's like these 10 episode seasons. Like we're about to finish uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And I'm like, oh my God, the season's almost over. Like I, I, I there's been so little. And like Next Generation, Deep Space Nine and Voyager have 26 episode seasons. And some of those, epi- and people are like, oh, well, those episodes are just filler. And I'm like, but the filler is where I just know the people. And this right. is and the world and yes it's yes. gonna be like a silly Ferengi episode but like but I love those like I like when we're just hanging out on the bridge or in engineering and or in the mess hall and stuff just happens like yeah. That, yeah and that's how I feel about like super super long Harry Potter books too it's like oh yeah in this chapter we're just like we're in charms class I love the yeah <laughs> I know that's my favorite too yeah I totally agree but give me the you know quote mundane yeah doesn't all have to be action because then those are the parts where like I could envision being a part of it I think that's why I liked it so much because I was like oh I'm just like I'm in a charms class and like this feels like I could be there too because I'm just reading about charms class and it's not like I have a harder time picturing myself fighting a basilisk than I do going to charms class <laughs> so like it feels more relatable in that sense I always said this about Harry Potter growing up compared to other fantasy. I like could not relate to things, both like books, TV, films, whatever, that were about like kids or teenagers and they weren't in school because my life revolved around school. Right. So the idea that like, oh, they're doing all this other, like a TV show where like we never actually see them in class. They're always just like hanging out after school. I'm like, don't you have homework? Right. <laughs> or a club or something that you do, you just like hang out. What do you, I know. What right. Do you do? Or like adventure stories where it's like, oh, okay, you know, the everything's broken loose and they're just like, like, I love Lord of the Rings, but it's like, you know, okay, they're like traveling around for a lot of it. It's like, I felt most relatable to something that's like, this is about kids at school, going mm-hmm. to class, studying, you know, yeah. having their sports team, like that, that's, and like, then there's stuff that's happening in the middle, but it made me feel so much more like I'm in it than like, I can't relate to people just like adventuring. Right. Yeah, that totally. Makes a agree. lot of sense. I need something for nerds. School right. is important. <laughs> right. This is what my life is. It should be my character's lives too. Yeah. Like, because I, if I suddenly get, you know, like some magical threat attacking me, I'm going to be like, yikes, I have class tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I right. feel that Harry's struggle what is relatable. Essay? <laughs> there can't be a basilisk here. I have a test tomorrow. What about my potions essay? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. And also yeah. the idea like what you learn in school is relevant too. Like so much of like yeah. the stuff he's figuring out, it's like conversations with professors, something that he did read about in a class. Like, yeah, you can learn things in school that sometimes are practical for the, mm-hmm. like not always, but like, but it's even like school getting in the way is relatable too. Totally. Of, like, oh, yeah. how can you think about his exams when like Voldemort might come bursting through the door at any second? Yep. Like this is, this is also, I should say like, I mean, I have very strong feelings about this because this was partially like my master's dissertation was on like um, magical violence and nonviolence. And one of the things I talked about was like the setting of a school versus a lot of other medievalist fantasy literature, which is like knights in battle. And this is like, oh no, they're just kids at school like us. But mm-hmm. like, oh no, evil wizards <laughs> coming. Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I should also give a shout out to, um, you know, our, our writers, three of us are American, one's Australian, one is British. So in terms of coming up with like the calendar and everything it was quite helpful in particular to have our resident Brit, Jennifer, 
who could kind of give feedback of like, oh, well, generally a British school, you know, schedule would look like this, or, you know, we'd end this time of year and start up again that time of year. And it kind of helped us just like figure certain things out that some of us were like, does this make sense conceptually? Is that how school works? And she'd be like, yes. Yeah. I think about that all the time. I'm like, doesn't their school year go like way too long <laughs> but that's but, yeah, yeah that's they have like half term and they have like longer breaks than we right. generally would so, yeah so some of the information she was able to give us like having been to British school was was quite helpful for you know us Americans and Australian though I guess the Australians might have been slightly you know more similar to the British gave us a little more like oh that's how that works like I mean I'm definitely not the only kid who thought that prefects were made up for Harry Potter right no I totally thought the same thing <laughs> and like the whole like house houses and all that kind of stuff that's like actually relatively normal over there so yeah, yeah I wish we yeah. had How are we to know? yeah I was like uh I don't know I just have a homeroom I guess is that my house <laughs> <laughs> oh man I did, did have, have houses in college um my really? house aunt, my house mascot was the giraffe that's awesome. That's so cool. Also, my uh, mascot was a fe- like my college mascot was a phoenix. So like, oh my gosh, that's that awesome. Cool. That is so cool. Me and Meg, um, like freshman year of college, you know, they parade you around everywhere and everything, and like there were sororities out and stuff, and like we almost looked at one just because the mascot was a turtle. a turtle. Yeah, and we're like, you like turtles? <laughs> and then they looked, at, and then like we looked at each other, and we're like we are not sorority people <laughs> it's not. just it's just not do it for the turtles for us, right? right yeah <laughs> no like no harm meant to people who are it just no. was not for us so it's funny a lot a uh, cute animal will make me do yeah that. honestly yeah. I was like oh my god a turtle I want to be in delta zeta Wait, I think they like have was. actual turtles or it was just like the drawing of a turtle? no it was I would have just signed up that day if there were real turtles this is our mascot like a real <laughs> <turtle>. <laughs> this is Tommy turtle check him yeah. out <laughs> oh my gosh do oh. we have any other final thoughts that we want to say I um, I just want to say I really did I have not sat down and fully read this page like front to back yet, but I did go through the entire book and like read excerpts of it and I really enjoy it. And I genuinely can't wait to use this book for Swish as we finish breaking down Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows. Um, And also for our Felix Files episodes where we like break down characters and stuff like that, like this will be an awesome resource for some of the characters portraits even if we do maybe we could even do some felix files like just on hogwarts in general would be really fun so we should it's it's harry's concert (sighs) i know also i'm very excited yeah i totally agree um and also just like these books are just really well published like it's a beautiful book in general speaking from a designer they're a little different yeah i I do love that shout out to our partners at topics they really make such like beautiful volumes that are so nice to have all lined up on your shelf i i love a good aesthetic yeah the paper's nice and i like how even the inside matches (laughs) how it's like the outside of this book is green and then the inside printing also is like monotone green I appreciate it. Very pleasing to my eyes. As a graphic designer, I enjoy it. (laughs) Have the approval. I can't take any credit for that, but uh, I also find it very exciting. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking about this with us. We do have our fan story to get to, but I just wanted to thank you before 
before we move on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. You know, it's, I haven't like read it since I got it. Really? So it's, it's quite fun to, uh, you know, get to revisit the yeah. the work we did in it. And uh, I hope people, you know, have fun reading it and learn some new stuff or get reminded of things they forgot about. I'm sure that they will. I mean, I did. So. Are, you, are you halfway avoiding reading it because you've had to read edits of it for so I did, long? and I'm, I'm really scared that I'm going to find a mistake. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't think about that. And I'm like, I can't, like, I actually, like, called something, like, one of the medieval references I made, I, like, was referring to it just in my life, as I do. Um, I, I referred to it incorrectly the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, please tell me I didn't write it that way in the book because that's not what it's called. <laughs> it's correct. It's correct. But um, I'm just, like, if I find a typo or a mistake, it's gonna, it's gonna haunt me. Yeah, I understand that. Well, I hope it's all set in stone and fine and okay. I think it looks great. Yeah, we, it was a heavy, it was a hardcore editing process. So I, I think it yeah. should be pretty hard to find an error in there. <laughs> and if your error is McGonagall being born in 1935, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that. what it is now. It's in print, can't change it. It's canon now. We've decided because yeah. it was canon before. Yeah. If you can accept Jacob's sibling, okay, I don't want to hear anything about 1935. <laughs> uh, all right. Who's ready for a fan story? I am ready for a fan story. I want to hear a fan story. This fan story comes from Kelly and it is from February of 2021. I like feel like that was yesterday, but it definitely wasn't yesterday. Nope. It was over it's a year so ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, So Kelly says, hi, Tiffany, Megan, Katie, Sarah, and Florence, of course. My name is Kelly. My house is Hufflepuff, as well as my wife's Power to the Puffs. A pair of Puffs. Oh, my God. That's so cute. (laughs) Uh, I sometimes identify as a Ravenclaw, though, but I have equal love for all the houses. My Patronus is a St. Bernard dog. And my one really jealous. I love that Patronus so much. Yeah, that's that's cute and powerful, you know? And my wand is pear wood with a unicorn hair core, 14 and a half inches with unbending flexibility. Sorry in advance if my Potter story as well as a Harry Potter memory is kind of long. You don't need to apologize, Kelly. It's all good. I don't exactly remember what age I became a Potterhead, but I remember growing up and my mom would read my brother and I to sleep with the Harry Potter books. I remember being so obsessed with the stories of witches and wizards and fantasy, being an avid Disney addict. Shout out to grown up kids. Oh my goodness. Uh, My mom stopped reading, though, in the second book because she is petrified of snakes and didn't want to read about it. (laughs) So I continued on my own. I don't think I read more, but when the movies came out, it lit the fire again. I would watch the movies over and over again until my brother would beg me to change it to play Pokemon. (laughs) This is like my life in a Potter story. (laughs) Fast forward about 10 years, I went on a family vacation and brought my best friend along. She wasn't as big into Harry Potter, but knew all the stories as well as my brother. They kind of put up with my obsessions, same as my parents, showing them around and doing all the spells with my Ginny wand. She is my favorite along with Lupin. Yeah. Seeing the excitement in their eyes and getting to show them all of my favorite things and getting to ride the Hogwarts Express. We spent the whole day there and at park closed when the security guards came to do the sweep of the park. I was the last to leave Hogsmeade, skipping in my Ravenclaw robes and wand in hand, hopped up on sugar from all the butterbeer and chocolate frogs I had that day. I'm currently working as a delivery driver driver as I am in school to be a firefighter EMT and listen to your podcast all day long and I love you guys so much you get me through a long day and make it so much brighter makes me feel like I'm sitting around the table with you all taking talking all things Potter 
Listening to your podcast brought back all the memories from reading the books and watching the movies to pretending a stick I had in my backyard was my wand and that my Jack Russell Terrier Skittles was Fang. And we were going through the Forbidden Forest to find Hagrid. Keep up all the amazing work and don't let the muggles get you down. Oh, I love that. Kelly, that's so sweet. And that's so funny because just today in our text group with the other ladies of Swish, we were talking about imaginative play. So that's really funny that this is the story that came up today. Um, I was always a Pokemon trainer. And then later on, I did probably do some, definitely did some Potter imaginative play. But I had one of those little horses on a stick and I was telling Tiffany because she just bought one for Alana. I was like, I had one of those growing up and I named it Philippe after Belle's horse. And I pretended to be Belle galloping away from Beast's castle all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, but I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And um, I would love an update as to like how it's going becoming a firefighter EMT. That's so cool because this was like over a year ago. That's amazing. And... I now want to go to Universal. I know. <laughs> I want to a beer. <laughs> well, thank you, Kelly, for sharing your story. Please send us updates if you hear this soon. Even if you hear it in a year, I still want an update. Yeah. Okay. Joke time. Joke. Here's a horrible joke from this unofficial Harry Potter joke book. <laughs> we love these books. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes in them are great. <laughs> They're the some are not, but uh. Did you hear that Professor McGonagall stood up to Dolores Umbridge? Yep, she had a lot of Minerva. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, did she go on her hind legs? I was like waiting for a cat joke. <laughs> <laughs> There's some of those in here for sure. Oh man. I'm going to be sad when we say all the jokes, but we have two more books that we can get. So yeah. they have one for each house. What is There's, this one? This is, I do use Gryffindor today. We have Gryffindor mm. and Ravenclaw. That's funny. The two houses that we are not. That, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> I tagged one for the next time we're on Discord because I need to read it while our uh, our listeners are listening because it's it's something. <laughs> it's something. Don't let me forget. I will not. All right. Follow your host on social media, if you so please. Myself and Katie are on Instagram at the Peters Family. And Lori, if you'd like to plug anything you want to social media wise, you can as well. Sure. Well, you can see my stuff on MuggleNet. And you should, if you like this podcast, check out Potterversity. It is an academic podcast hosted by MuggleNet. Um, and it is, uh, you know, for, for everyone, but we have different scholars on talking about the series, you know, they've published on or done research on. Um, so we're at Potterversity on Twitter and Facebook, and I believe we're Potterversity underscore podcast on Instagram. Um, check that out. Awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, buy the book also. Yes, buy this book. Yes, please yeah. go buy, buy the book. Hogwarts book. Uh, it's available on Amazon, Bookshop, uh, Barnes and Noble, Waterstones. If you're in the UK, um, oh, Waterstones. I can't remember if it's in Target. It might be in Target. I know our other books are in Target. It's in a lot of places. Go check it out. It's Get called the unofficial harry potter hogwarts handbook and it's got this beautiful green cover it Mm -hmm. does and it does say on it as well that like it's affiliated with MuggleNet. so if you're if you're worried that you're not grabbing the right one it says MuggleNet's complete (laughs) guide to the wizarding world's most famous school yeah i i recommend it's it's fun and i didn't even read it word for word yet you know i'm excited to go through i definitely am gonna take the time though to sit down and read like every single word in it all the facts 
Oh, keep going with this parody. I'm here for this. Parody. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have right now. I want to know about these wizards like me. <laughs> Perfect. Write a lot of parodies for MuggleNet. So whatever song parodies, like half of them are mine. We make up song parodies for our pets all the time. Constantly. We actually just realized that we need to come up with something new for our puppy because I think he's tired of hearing the one that we have. So yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, Phil. We just sing the same ones to you over and over, but I love them. <laughs> what did you Phil, say? Phil of the future. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. No. What did you say the other day? You're like, oh, Phil's probably like, do you have any original content? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hello. This is original content. It's just the same original content over and over again. Okay. Oh, man. Well, anyway, shout out to Lori again. Thank you so much for joining us. I had a lot of fun today. Yeah, me too. You are a super cool human being, and I thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Oh, gosh, coming from such Cooper Sewell, super Cooper Sewell, Cooper Sewell, yes, <laughs> oh, that was a spoonerism, super cool <laughs> human beings. That made me think uh, of, I think it was a listener, maybe not a listener, I don't know, someone responded to us on Instagram about like something good that happened, and I thought of it because I saw one of these the other day when I took Phil out instead of mosquitoes I wanted to call it a scamito yeah someone said my little kid keeps calling mosquitoes scamitos and I was like oh my gosh that's so great that's so much better than mosquito it really is well you're better than super cool humans you're cooper still human yeah I love, that. I love it episode title <laughs> am I doing the closing sure this is Tiffany's thing and I still I still to this day whenever she's not on I feel weird doing the closing but here we go that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Just my voice! <laughs>